All About Chronic Kidney Disease, a conversation with Dr. Edward T. Havik. On this episode of our vlog, we'll be talking to Dr. Edward Havik with Kidney Care Specialists. Dr. Havik is a board-certified nephrologist with comprehensive training in the diagnosis and treatment of kidney disease. He's been practicing for over 35 years, earning his medical degree at the Medical College of Pennsylvania, and successfully completed a residency at the Mercy Catholic Medical Center of Darby, and a fellowship in nephrology at the Lankanol Medical Center. Dr. Havik practices with kidney care specialists, nephrology associates division, and sees patients in both their Limerick and Phoenixville, Pennsylvania locations. He is the medical director of Fresenius Kidney Care, Limerick Dialysis. Dr. Havik, welcome, and thank you for joining us today. We're glad to be here. <laughs> to get us started today, uh, let's talk about what chronic kidney disease is and how is it diagnosed? So uh, as a start, when, when people hear the term disease, they sometimes get kind of concerned. A lot of times people hear the word disease and they think either of cancer or in the times we're now living in, think of things like COVID. Disease is just that it's a, it's a, it's a disease process and everything now is broken down into diseases. And in this case, we're talking about chronic kidney disease or it goes by the acronym CKD. And that is defined by an elevation of uh, creatinine, which is a test that can be uh, a blood test and uh, measures the amount of kidney poisons that we have in our body. The higher the creatinine, the less the kidneys are working. And that's the main test that we use to determine if somebody has any uh, kidney disease. And what are the stages of chronic kidney disease? So it's kidney disease is broken down into stages, as you say, and it's kind of easier to work uh, backwards. So chronic kidney disease stage six, or I'll just say CKD stage six, means that somebody is on dialysis. We usually start dialysis when kidney function gets down to about 10% or so based on several different uh, parameters. So that's CKD6. CKD5 is less than 15%, but they have not started dialysis yet. So somewhere usually in that range of 10 to 15%. Stage four is 15 to 30%. Stage three, which is the biggest group and probably where the majority of patients, hopefully for the first time, will see a nephrologist is between 30 and 60%. And that's actually broken down into uh, A and B. So again, going backwards, B is 30 to 45%. A is 45 to 60%. Stage two is 60 to about 90%. And then stage one is greater than 90 or sometimes even completely normal kidney function, but maybe there's some other problems with their kidneys, either having a little bit of blood or protein in the uh, urine. Uh, and then that is uh, CKD stage one. Are there any risk factors that patients look, should look out for for developing chronic kidney disease? So for sure, the biggest risk factors are uh, diabetes and hypertension. Um, as I like to say, and I'll say to my patients that diabetes and hypertension keep a lot of doctors in business, including nephrologists. Uh, right now, roughly... 35, depending upon where you are in the country, 35 to 50% of all people who are on dialysis in this country, it's secondary to uh, diabetes. And now high blood pressure is up to about 15% as the second leading cause. So between diabetes and, 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 and uh, high blood pressure, that's well over half the people that are, uh, that are on dialysis. 
after that, some of the risk factors can sometimes fall into, you know, as I like to say, you can pick your friends, you can't pick your family. Some of that is genetic and, and runs in family. And then there's certain uh, kidney diseases that also run in families. But by far, the biggest risk factors are uh, diabetes and high blood pressure. Are there any early signs or symptoms of chronic kidney disease that patients should look out for and monitor for? So for the most part, the answer, again, how depending how you want to look at it, fortunately or unfortunately, is no. Uh, early on in uh, the process of uh, kidney disease, patients will be completely asymptomatic. Um, even as that kidney poison level is starting to go up, or if an earlier factor, if they develop a little bit of protein in the urine, it's gonna be completely asymptomatic. And hence, it's important that patients keep in touch with their primary care providers so that they can monitor their kidney function, monitor their urine to look for protein in the urine, and that those will be the kind of the earliest signs. So often patients, depending upon their other medical problems, may not have any, uh, real symptoms that they can that they can feel that they can see sometimes until kidney function can get down as low as 15 to 20 percent. So it's I, I try to put it as a positive my patients saying, you know, if your heart were only working at 20 percent or your lungs were only working at 20 percent, you'd know it. You'd be sick. You'd you'd not be doing well. Your kidney function could be down to 20 percent and you can feel absolutely fine. So if you're following with a nephrologist, following with a primary care provider, you still feel good. And that's a good thing. Uh, but if you don't have any medical care, you're not following up, then that's where it can kind of be tough that your kidney function can be down to that low of a level and, and you're not going to be symptomatic at all. Are there any recommended screenings to try and diagnose the condition early? So the, the, the best way, again, going back to it, it's important that patients you know, uh, maintain a, uh, a relationship with their primary care provider. And then the best ways that things can be screened with respect to kidney disease are doing the blood test to look for that serum creatinine, that kidney poison measurement we were talking about earlier, and to also do a urine test, which can look for either protein in the urine or a kind of a more uh, sensitive marker for protein in the urine, something called albumin or microalbumin, it's a, a urine test that can measure to see if there's any protein in the urine. The, um, the kidneys kind of work as a big filter, holding on to good things and getting rid of bad things. One of the good things it should hold on to is protein, so that if protein shows up in the urine, even if their kidney function is completely normal, it can be an earlier marker of something going wrong with their kidneys. So that's usually the two ways that a uh, primary care provider will uh, screen for kidney disease is by that blood test and urine test. One of our goals here at Quality Insights is develop strategies to slow the progression of chronic kidney disease to prevent end-stage renal disease. How can patients diagnosed with chronic kidney disease slow the progression of the disease and prevent end-stage? So when I, when I talk to my patients, uh, my patients get sick of hearing this, but I tell them that if there was only one thing that they could remember from their any of their visits with me, if they remember to make sure that their blood pressure is well controlled, mm. that they've gone a long way in, in making a big difference. And we'll talk about a few others, but by far, in my opinion, and I think the data supports it, that blood pressure control is extremely important. Mm. So one thing that patients can do is number one, make sure they are taking their blood pressure pills. Uh, number two, uh, just about without exception, uh, 
all patients uh, should follow their blood pressure at home. Uh, you know, I, I usually kind of will joke with my patients saying, if you have a blood pressure cuff and you have an arm, you have the two essential ingredients you need to be able to check your blood pressure at home. And checking blood pressure at home is extremely important. So my patients, I just kind of drill it into them. I don't want to hear they said, well, my blood pressure was good at the doctor's office or it was high at the doctor's office. I'll say, mm -hmm. well, that's great, but I want to know what it's like at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday when you're sitting at home, because those blood pressure readings are going to be more representative of, you know, on how you're doing. So blood pressure control is extremely important. And then as far as choice of medications, that's where, whether it's the primary care provider, the cardiologist, nephrologist, that will adjust those because depending upon what your uh, kidney problems are, for example, it may have some effect on what blood pressure medicines we choose. Outside of blood pressure, when it comes to diet, we can kind of put that into a couple categories. Certainly for diabetics, um, it's important that they follow the advice of their primary care provider or their endocrinologist when it comes to specific dietary changes with respect to diabetes. But specifically with respect to kidney disease, um, a high protein diet, and in particular, a high meat protein diet can be uh, tough on the kidneys. Now, I kind of explained to my patients that when I say meat, anything that had a mother is meat. I've had patients say to me, I don't eat meat, I eat fish. Well, the line I says, well, a fish had a mom. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to kidney health, we're not talking about heart health, but simply kidney health, whether it's poultry, seafood, red meat, it's, it's meat protein. Now, I, as I say to my patients, I don't say that you have to be a vegetarian, but the idea is if you can kind of shift the balance to a little bit more of a plant-based protein diet versus a meat-based protein diet, that there's some data out there showing that that's, that helps to slow the progression of kidney disease. Um, so those are, are two main major areas that I try to emphasize with my patients. A third important area is also medications uh, and not just talking about their prescription medications. I try to explain to my patients that anything you put in your mouth that is not food is medicine. So often when I ask my patient what medicines they're on, they'll give me a list of their prescriptions, but they won't mention over-the-counter medicines that they take. So knowing all medications that patients take, the biggest class that can be uh, detrimental to patients with kidney disease are uh, the acronym NSAIDs or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. They're the common ones such as ibuprofen, uh, which a lot of patients use for their, you know, to, to take for arthritis, to take for headaches, things like that those medications should be avoided in people with kidney disease uh, because by themselves, they can cause kidney problems. They can worsen any underlying kidney disease somebody may have, and they can also raise blood pressure. So we really try to stay away from those medicines as, uh, as much as possible. There are some other ones, but, but those are kind of, kind of major ones. Just, uh, I try to, I try to remember. So those are, those are, kind of in, in descending order, they're probably the, the three most important things that folks can do that can uh, slow the progression. In addition, depending upon their individual disease, what might be going on, there obviously could be other treatments, but kind of as a, as a you know, broad spectrum, those are, are, are some areas that can help to slow progression. Just a follow-up question to that. You talked about um, a high-protein diet. You know, are the, we have a lot of meat substitutes out there with pea protein, soy proteins. 
Are those okay to use as well? Yes, yes, yes. They're they're the ones that uh, you know any kind of plant based protein diet uh, would be uh, would be preferable. Are there any other health conditions that might impact the treatment of chronic kidney disease? So certainly, as we as we talked about earlier, you know, diabetes and high blood pressure. Again, going back to that, that those are two major areas that have a significant effect on kidney disease. But other areas that can either directly impact those disease processes and hence develop a, a chronic kidney disease, such for example as obesity, that uh, obesity. Uh, affects diabetes, affects high blood pressure, and hence affects uh, people with kidney disease. Mm -hmm. And obesity in and of itself can also lead to kidney disease. Mm -hmm. um, another major complication of kidney disease, but also that can lead to worsening kidney disease is uh, cardiovascular disease, heart disease. Um, heart disease is, I guess up until the pandemic, was the, the leading uh, killer of, of all adults. Um, and its uh, impact, not just on people with kidney disease, but even without kidney disease is significant, but certainly for people with kidney disease, having uh, concurrent uh, heart disease can also have a major effect. And hence the reason why it's important to make sure that for patients with known heart disease, that they're closely following with their cardiologist as well. Um, and if not, that they're being screened through their primary care providers. So for... For patients with chronic kidney disease, are there any complications that might signal that the patient's condition is worsening? And if so, what actions should they take at that time? Again, going back to what I said earlier, by far the most important thing is to make sure that they are following up regularly, that they, um, that they get their blood work done on whatever regular basis is being uh, prescribed by their uh, nephrologist, because that is certainly going to be one way that we're going to know if their kidney function is getting worse. But in some patients, they may run into trouble with uh, a buildup of fluid. Sometimes we call this congestive heart failure. Uh, and that buildup of fluid can be exacerbated in people who have chronic kidney disease. So if people are pretty stable and, and doing well, and all of a sudden they think they're running into trouble, either they're going to have some trouble maybe with shortness of breath, which is a sign of fluid building up around the lungs, or if they notice that their legs are getting swollen or edematous, um, that they may notice that, and that would be reasons to, you know, certainly to contact their nephrologist. If their kidney function is getting worse and they're getting closer to needing dialysis, back to when we were talking about that staging system, we said that when they get under 15%, that's when we start talking about dialysis, mm -hmm. that sometimes then patients may start to develop symptoms where they may, I, I kind of explain it to patients that they just don't feel well, kind of, it's kind of like having the flu, but you know, you don't have the flu. Mm -hmm. You just kind of don't feel good. You might be getting kind of achy. You may have some nausea. You just don't feel good. If any of those things start to happen and last for more than let's say a day, I will tell my patients as they're progressing along in their kidney disease that they know to contact me at the first sign if they start to feel that way so that I can talk to them and see if indeed, if I am concerned that it could be worsening function and then we can check blood work to see whether that's the case. What can healthcare providers do to support patients with chronic kidney disease, either in their office or at long-term care facilities? A primary care provider's role is they're going to be the ones that are going to find these patients first, right? I mean, obviously, 
they're going to diagnose these people and then determine whether or not it's time for them to see a nephrologist. But unfortunately, uh, still, and I was just recently trying to find the numbers that I think based on data from around two years ago, still about 30 to 35% of people in this country who start dialysis have never seen a nephrologist prior to starting dialysis. Wow. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's concerning. And that, that's certainly, so a big area is to make sure that patients are getting to their doctors uh, because a lot of times they're not even primary care provider can't treat somebody they don't see. So it's important for the, uh, you know, for uh, people to follow regularly with their primary care providers. And then when they do follow with their primary care providers through those blood tests we were talking about um, and urine tests, that that's probably the biggest way that the primary care providers can, uh, will first be able to diagnose uh, somebody with kidney disease. And then certainly at, uh, and then refer to a uh, to a local nephrologist, um, and so again, it starts with making sure the patients are getting to the primary care providers, and then the primary care providers are doing that initial assessment to determine whether or not patients uh, need to be referred to a nephrologist. Excellent advice. Well, I just want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. You've provided some really valuable insight. Um, about chronic kidney disease and ways to help uh, patients who have been diagnosed. So um, thank you so much for joining us. Great, Jennifer. I appreciated it.